David, the people at the top aren't making rational business decisions. I can't predict their decisions. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. My client, Max, ran both of his hands through his hair and he sighed. He was the senior director of a civil engineering firm, and he'd built an excellent leadership team. He'd worked hard to build the best regional operation in the entire company. He spilled out his frustration in a rush of words. There are politics going on there I don't even want to understand. When I told one of the key players at the home office what his changes would mean for the clients, he didn't even know what we do. The whole situation is just crazy. It's a mess. He took a breath and slumped in his chair. I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. You always say we need to clarify expectations, but I don't have a clue. There's no way to predict any of this. By next month, we may be bigger. We may be cut in half. I just don't know. He looked up and asked the question that was really bothering him. How do I lead through all this chaos? Leadership is challenging because real life doesn't come packaged in nice, neat formulas that instantly apply to every situation. In this podcast, I give you practical tools that you can use in a variety of different situations, but no matter how many episodes we record, no matter how many times you read Winning Well and get all of the tools that are there, all of that's going to help, and you'll be well-equipped for all of the common situations, but you're never going to have a tool for every scenario. It's impossible. No matter how many of these tactics and tools we give you, We can't possibly give you the specific answer to every leadership and management scenario you're ever going to face. You'll never be able to completely predict what's going to happen. People will act irrationally, circumstances change, and the truly unforeseeable does happen. The good news is that you don't have to have a specific step-by-step plan for the infinite number of problems you might face. There's a better way. It's the power of of principle. Principles are the fundamental values and focus that guide your behavior. You're never going to be 100% certain about what will happen tomorrow, but you can be 100% certain about your own principles. Regardless of the chaos, uncertainty, and challenges that you face, you get to choose those values, you get to choose your focus, and you get to choose how you interact with the people around you. You don't know what you'll show up to, but you always choose how you'll show up. So in Winning Well, we talk about a couple of these principles, these values. Leaders who win well ground themselves in confidence and humility. They stay focused on both results and relationships in every interaction. So if you're able to stay grounded in confidence and humility. In every situation that you go into, how do I show up here with confidence and humility at the same time? How do I focus on both relationships and results in this moment? If you ask those questions in every scenario that you you walk into, regardless of if you have a specific tool or you've listened to an episode with a specific model, if you can walk in Asking both of those questions, confidence, humility, results, relationships, how do I show up with those? You're going to be able to find the answer. You'll steer your way through it. 
the path will emerge because you're asking the question about how you lead well in this moment. Your ability to lead from that confident humility while staying focused on building results and relationships doesn't depend on the circumstances and it doesn't depend on what anyone else does. You choose how you show up and how you lead. Max ultimately committed to what he knew he could control. He focused on helping his team navigate through the transitions. He clearly communicated what he did know. He ensured the dignity of everyone involved and he did his best to help headquarters have the information they needed to make healthy decisions. Whether they eventually used it or not, he made sure he did what he should do. How can you show up for your team and lead well when things are crazy? What would it look like for you to have confidence and humility to focus on results and relationships in the middle of whatever storm, whatever craziness or irrationality you're facing in this moment? Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. One of my favorite parts of the show is when I get to answer your questions. You can send in your leadership or management-related question or a question relating to a previous episode of the show. You can send those questions to me one of two ways. You can email them at david.die at letsgrowleaders.com, and that's david.die, D-Y-E. Or you can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com, the website for the show, And you'll find a big orange button there. You can click that button and you can record your question, include your name, where you're from, and your question. And we would love to feature that on a future episode of the show. Today's question comes from Iggy, and it's going to be the subject for a future episode. But I did want to take an opportunity to answer the question as well as I could in a a few minutes here. Iggy's question is, David, why do so many managers stink at performance evaluations? There's a lot to that question, I think, and it obviously comes from a place of soreness and probably a a bad experience that Iggy's recently had. But it, it does bring up a bigger topic of how do you use this oddity that we call performance evaluations, performance appraisals, this annual or semi annual ritual that you have to go through to actually do something productive because you undoubtedly know the pain and awkwardness that comes with doing them poorly. And so I think the direct answer to Iggy's question is, why do so many managers stink at them? Because they're obnoxious, they're hard, and they're artificial, and they don't make sense in many many ways. One of these things that seem like it should be a good idea, hey, we're going to give some feedback, we're going to take a look at how we can make things better and improve, and and it's going to be great. But all sorts of complications happen. One is they're usually artificially structured because um, they're not tied into real life. They're kind of pulled out from day-to-day work. A second thing that, that complicates them is that frequently they are tied to both salary and even you know whether you get to continue to work there or not. And especially when you're in situations that are stack ranked or, or things like that where performance is being compared in an artificial continuum, uh, that can be a complicating factor that people are no longer focused on the actual feedback and how they're going to improve and, and how they can be more effective or if they need to be in that particular role, they're focused on what it means for them. And as soon as people are focused on their own security and well-being, 
uh, a whole different set of emotions set in that aren't growth oriented. And so in this kind of artificial structure of performance evaluations, it's natural that most people are not going to be very good at them. And I think the deeper question behind Iggy's question is, as a leader, how can you be effective at them? And so as I said, we'll tackle this in a future episode in a more in-depth way, but bottom line for being effective at using whatever performance evaluation system you have, start by focusing on a person's strengths. What is it that they bring to the table that makes them effective at their job? How do they rock their role? And help them to own and leverage those strengths. How can they build on those? How can they be more effective at using them? What's going well that they can do more of? We want to start with that encouragement and building on the things that are working. And then, in terms of addressing challenges or areas for for performance improvement, this is the area where most leaders get in trouble using these tools. Here's my take. Whatever system you're using, forget about the numbers, forget about all the rest. You'll have to do what you have to do to survive in that system. But what you want to achieve is you want to have a conversation about anywhere that there might be a liability that is limiting the person from using their strengths. So in other words, I don't care if a fish can't climb a tree. I want the fish to be the best fish it can be. Climbing the tree isn't relevant. So if you've got a 35 item performance evaluation and they're scoring low in some areas that aren't related to their core performance and doing what actually matters most, that's not as significant. But if, for instance, you have a database manager who is very good, has a strength at working with the figures, keeping that database sound, and really understands the data well, and they are unable to get the benefit of that strength because they can't communicate with their colleagues. Every communication they have is abrasive, and so their colleagues are not getting the benefit of all of that awesome data that's available. Well, then that's something you need to address because that liability is keeping her from being as effective with her data as she could be. So that's an example of when you're talking about where to, where to improve. If there is a liability holding back the use of their strengths, then you want to address that. If there aren't any liabilities holding back the use of their strengths, then the next question is, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What do you want to happen as a result of this role? Where can I help you to grow? And then it's a matter of further leveraging those strengths, those things, or cross-training and maybe learning some things that they don't know or serving in some different kinds of roles. There's a lot of different answers to that question. But bottom line, those are the two areas you want to focus on in a performance evaluation. What are they doing really well that you can build on? And in terms of growth, are there any liabilities that are hampering their strengths? Let's address those and figure out how to work past them. Or where do they want to go and how can you help them get there? Iggy, thanks for that question. It's definitely a question that affects all of us, and we all have to work in those systems. Remember, you always get to choose how you show up. It's the one choice you always get to make, and it's the one choice that changes everything. So when life goes crazy, how do you maintain your perspective, and how will you choose to lead well and be the leader you'd want your boss to be? This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.